difficult, 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 Welcome to Difficult Women, your premier podcast for all things nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, I'm Katie. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. I'm Marie. And we're uh, both, we each are one half <laughs> of the band, musical comedy band Reformed Tours, And we also have this podcast, Difficult Women. When the crowd goes wild. How complicated can I make that description? <laughs> so complicated. I couldn't tell if we were being being trolled on YouTube this morning. Did you see the comment about girls poop too? No, I didn't see it. The person said this would be highly controversial these days if this was made, this video was made today. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. Why do you think it's it is so- a mystery? Hmm. That's I will, huh, now the plot thickens. I wonder what I they mean by that. That they mean that we don't poop. <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not. Or we're not. Wow, that's a really strong stance to take in understand. 2020. That girls yeah. poop too. Hmm. I'm gonna yeah. have to investigate that a little bit. <laughs> you gonna send them a message? <laughs> I'd be like, what's up? Well, well, yeah. What perchance? What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> what's controversial? I, l- I love it. I love when people are like, that is so controversial that girls poop. <laughs> I mean, too. everything that we talk about is really not that controversial. It's just truth. Like everything, we, you know, masturbating at a ch- young age. Normal. Totally true. Girls pooping. True. Women enjoy sex. Yes. Women enjoy sex. Women get horny, too. Oh, my God. So controversial. Oh, my God. Oh, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whatever. Everybody can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> they can. They really can. Yeah. How was your week? Been? Hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, we're back in Zoom because it's raining today and I can't ride my bike in the rain. I'll die. <laughs> so that's it's what. treacherous without rain. I can't imagine riding your bike in the city. I mean, with, oh my God. With rain. Yeah. Um, I almost got hit by a car the other day, <laughs> which was my fault. It was my fault. <laughs> what like, happened? Oh, okay. I was like kind of, I was kind of rushing a little bit and then. I normally am very good about not running any lights, but it was like the end and, I th- and there was all these other bikes and they were starting to go. So it's like, I think if we all go together, it'll be fine. And then somehow I ended up in the front of the pack and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then oh, right no. as I say that, I noticed this like motorized bicycle comes like zooming through and like almost hits me. I like make it past. And then once I pass that bicycle, another car starts pulling out of its parking spot, like right in front of me. It was like all the things happening at once. And I was like, not today, Satan. <laughs> I'm going to make it. And I lived. It was fine. But I did learn, oh, don't rush. Just don't rush. There's no reason to rush. <laughs> I just wanted to get home to my emergency pizza. I was so hungry. <laughs> Your emergency pizza. Oh, you keep one I in was, the freezer, too? Yep. I always have my emergency yeah. pizza. Yeah. Ditto. How was your week? I had a good week. You know, I started therapy. How was that? More exciting than very, Very enjoyable. It was very, it was, you know, I'm new. I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know how this works, you know, but you just kind of start talking. She asked wonderful questions and, you know, we're going to go from there. That sounds it, good. It was very nice. A lot of times, too, what it really just comes down to is having questions posed to you in a way you've never thought about them before. Because, like, the problem with talking to your friends or your thinking in your own brain without any outside perspective is right. that you just think the same questions over and over again. You think that in right. all your friends right. think the same way and all your parents think the same way. So to have someone totally different be like, well, how did that make you feel? You're like, oh, I didn't right. think about it, <laughs> you know, and that helps a lot. 
It's just a strange thing to me, though, of that all of a sudden I am talking about some of my deepest, darkest things with a complete stranger. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if it didn't work, then Mm -hmm. people wouldn't be doing it. Right. You know, I mean, like, it's like something people have been doing for eons, like sharing their feelings with people that don't, you know, used to be like a shaman or something. Right. And now Mm -hmm. it's a therapist. Someone who's kind of just wise in the in the in the town knows how to deal with people's feelings. But guess what she recommended for me? What? Meditation. Yep. See, all it comes back to meditation. You're like, (laughs) I'm here because I don't want to (laughs) meditate. Because she was listening to me and she was like, okay, well, let's, you know, I think you need to really practice being. Do you meditate? And I was like, "Ah!" no, I try. I try. But I've been I've so um, she recommended an app. uh, So uh, waking up with Sam Harris is an app that you can download. Everybody can download it. But the cool thing about it is that if you go to their website, um, because I think the subscription is $100. But if you go to their website and say that I need, I would like to join this app, but I don't have the money and I can't afford it, you just send them your email and then they send you with no questions asked. They give you the full thing for free. That's amazing. So guys, if you're interested in meditation, I highly recommend, I mean, I'm only on day four, so what do I know? But, <laughs> but, it's, but um, it's free. Sam Harris waking up app. You do it first thing, and I don't know. I've I've found it for four days very enjoyable. That's great, and it's That's free. Very yeah, I got it for I mean, free. That kind of ties into what we'll talk about later today. But anyway, I wanted to say I don't know if you saw this, but we got a letter. A letter, not a letter. Not in the mail. email. An our treehouse. <laughs> an electronic letter. <laughs> a, a mail made of electronics. Um, did you see this from our friend yes. Ben? Yes. yes. Um, so thank you, Ben, for writing us. We'd love to read your email. And I already asked him if we could. And he said we could. So Ben writes us. He says, hey, ladies, I need to discuss something about a past episode that has been bugging me for months. I don't remember which episode it was, but it began with a talk about some guy who was one of uh, who one of you said was incredibly handsome and was also a father since he had a kid with him. Then there was the mention that he's the type of guy you'd like to have a kid with. When I heard that, no offense, but I was offended by it because it led to the impression that men who look like they are a model, athlete or movie actor are more likely to get women while average looking guys like myself have no chance at all. I find it toxic the way the media tends to portray good-looking men as sex objects and that commercials like Hefty with John Cena and Diet Dr. Pepper with Lil Sweet seem to be encouraging lust and and possibly infidelity but to women because of the fact that the women in the commercials drool over them while their husbands get shafted. That may uh, also define toxic masculinity. Stuff like this can lower a guy's self-esteem and make them feel that they have no chance in finding a woman because they will get the impression, thanks to the media, that all women want a most fit and athletic guy who they want to see shirtless, while guys with guts or no muscle at all are told to keep their shirt on. I just thought I'd mention this because it's been bugging me for months. Keep up the good work. And thanks, Ben, for writing. It's always good to hear other people's perspectives on things. I think that is the most valid email to receive. I totally feel your pain, (laughs) especially when I see gorgeous women in all the magazines, all commercials with unattainable bodies that I'll never, ever, ever have. Um, And I think it was me that talked about the guy with the baby. 
It may have also been me because I I remember there was one time I came over to your house and on my way I saw a man with a baby that was very hot. (laughs) Either way, I mean, both of us. With me, it's so funny because there is nothing more attractive than a man with a baby right now. (laughs) (laughs) So fuck the muscles, like strap a baby onto a man and I think they're the hottest, sexiest thing, which is also like a whole other problem if you say you haven't met anybody you can't, you know can't procreate yet where that's where i'm at um well i think also like yes for sure that we are aware that um there are crazy standards in which we're supposed to be living up to that are portrayed by the media and all that and that's cert- but for women that has been a thing forever and i think also we have to keep reminding ourselves that it happens for men too right The other part of it is that it's also okay to be attracted to attractive people. You know what I mean? As long as you're Mm -hmm. not like gross to them or whatever. But I think that like there's also a reality that sometimes there's people that you're really attracted to that might be, quote unquote, out of your league. I don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's just Mm going to be part of it. Um, That being said, there's so many different reasons why people are attracted to each other that Mm-hmm. You you know, r- romance and love and finding a marriage and finding partners is so mysterious and finding those connections. It's so mysterious. And it and I think that it's it's inaccurate for us to think that only hot people get with hot people, you know, t- stereotypically hot people. People come together for all sorts of different reasons. And I think that part of, um, you know, all of us should be confident in ourselves and our abilities to meet people and stuff because it's hard for everybody. It's hard for hot people too to find people that they connect with, you know. So I don't want it to feel like you, sh- you know, no one should feel like, oh, I can't get what I, you know, I'm never going to have love because I'm not hot. That's the that's so wrong and and it's so wrong for the media and society to be portraying that as truth because it's not true. It's just not true. It can be, mm-hmm. but and it's difficult for everybody to find love. We all struggle, yes. you know, as we all. Yes, as we know personally. Right. But I understand the tax- toxic masculinity that he speaks of. Totally. Obviously, there's so much yeah. about it. But I will say, yeah, I will say, though, a dad, a hot dad is like the opposite of toxic masculinity to me. <laughs> Because there's a man that, like, has a baby. You know what I mean? He's doing the right thing. So I want to also celebrate the dads, regardless of their body type. Like you were just saying, that, you know, dads are hot. Just period, you know. So, <laughs> so hot. that's cool. I'm not saying go out there and be a dad so you can get laid. <laughs> that's, like, not the answer. But just that I think what we were trying to celebrate. Or break up marriages or anything. Just, oh, my God. No, 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 no. The other thing that I find incredibly hot I find incredibly, incredibly hot are men that are devoted to their girlfriends and wives. Not, I mean, devoted yes. in the sense that they really love their partner. And when I look at that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And the last thing I want to do is then break that up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like that. I want that, but not from that gentleman. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that that's also part of what's cool about being nice to each other. I don't know what... But. Let's just all believe that if you want love, you will receive it. Absolutely. You just put it out there. Be confident. And you have to love yourself. You have to have confidence yes, in yourself. Because one. one of the number one things, is, I mean, I've been attracted to all sorts of different types of men and the way that they look and stuff. But one of the things that I tend to be the most attracted to is a confidence. Yes. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that men are attracted to me when I am at my most confident. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's the key to the first step of finding a partner. Speaking of confidence and loving yourself, the mm-hmm. new Billie Eilish song, 
Have you heard it? It's called Future, and it's all about loving yourself and lo- and being in love with nobody else because you are somebody. You are a person and that you can love yourself and that you can wait and be in love with the future, but for now, you're going to be with yourself. I know, I love I loved it. It's so great. It hit me very hard. <laughs> and I think it's so it. it it definitely plays into what we're talking about, which is that like, you know, the other thing that the society and the media really play into is this idea that you are incomplete without a partner yes and Mm -hmm. that's not true it's just not true you have to you and you really have to feel complete without a partner before you can find a good match because otherwise things get toxic and weird because then you're looking for you know you're looking to fill a hole as opposed to just finding someone to you know be your pal for a certain amount of time in your life you know Uh, fun. a little partner pal yeah, it'd be great. But I also, you know, we also yeah. want the right pal. You don't want just like any pal who's going to be mean right. to you or something. Yeah, no, no. And you don't we want somebody else for that pal. in 2020. No. <laughs> no, no, we do not have time <laughs> for that. None of that. None of that. Self love, self care. Find, yeah. find your dream person. But thank you, Ben, for writing us. Absolutely. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we hear you. We totally hear you. We agree. You know, it's, it's weird. It's hard. Things are hard. <laughs> Um, Speaking of self-love and self-care, if you need a little bit of self-loving, we know where you should go. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO. W-H-O-R-E-O. HORIO at adamandeve.com. And we're back. Talking about... Billionaires. I was going to say something that does not make me feel sexy. <laughs> Makes me a little bit mad. <laughs> I know. It, but but hear me out. The thought of a billionaire, that's the American dream. So you're like, oh, I love billionaires. 2020, all of a sudden, we're starting to see, actually, there's a huge problem with the economy if there's so many billionaires. Totally. So I'm totally. not so attracted to billionaires anymore, whereas yeah. I, I mean, probably I, used to be. <laughs> yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head right off the top, right off, right off the bat, right off the top of the bat. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> right up, right <laughs> immediately, <laughs> immediately, which is that we are all raised in the United States to believe that that is the American dream to become a billionaire. When we were born, mm-hmm. I don't think there was a billionaire. When was the first billionaire? It was like not Good question. Um, I'm going to quick look that up. Oh, just kidding. The first billionaire officially was in 1916. It was Rockefeller. Whoa. The Rockefellers were billionaires in 1916, which is insane. I mean, obviously in America. I mean, it was in America. The first official billionaire was the world's. Yeah. Rockefeller was the world's first official billionaire. So it was an American thing. I mean, we're capitalists. So like it makes sense that we would have a lot of billionaires if we're if anyone's going to have billionaires, you know. So just a couple like fast facts. Um, according to Forbes, there are 2,130, sorry, 2,153 billionaires in the world. That's, I did the math on this one. That's 0.00002% of the world's population. <laughs> just like the smallest. 
are billionaires. billionaires. Like almost nobody. But it's 2,000 people Mm -hmm. basically. Um, Mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos is number one. He's back up after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Since the pandemic, he's back up to $150 billion. Originally, he was down because uh, he gave a quarter of his money to his ex-wife during the divorce, but he still was the richest person even after he gave her all that money. And now he's back up because this pandemic has raised so much money for, not raised, but has paid off a lot of billionaires in a really big way. And then his ex-wife became the richest woman in the world because of that. Um, She also... She also, Go ladies. Well, I mean, that's such a weird, a dubious way to become a billionaire, but <laughs> I'm not going to celebrate that particularly. Yeah, but we all know that, like, she probably supported him throughout when he invented it, it in their garage. Like, sure, how much I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she him didn't, and his like, dreams give him and blah, blah, good blah, ideas. So. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with her good having the money, her. but also I have so many mixed feelings about that whole thing. I think Oprah's the other billionaire woman that's, like, a big one. So, and she, I feel much better about because she really did, like, Mm build her way up just real quick about jeff bezos wife because i've been kind of obsessed about her she has signed on to do the giving pledge yes yeah which is she's going to be giving half of her uh, fortune away during her lifetime and back to jeff bezos he is among the world's five richest people to not join the giving pledge yeah uh which is interesting i have lots of feelings about that too um yeah uh also, I just want to like, this is the thing about the billionaire situation. So this came up because I saw this like statistic and then I double checked it because I was like, is this true? And I posted about it because it was true. I think we have a really hard time conceptualizing how much one billion is in any kind of standard, whether it be money or pennies or, or you know, or potatoes. I mean, it's just a lot. It's a really <laughs> big number. There's something and- circulating right now with rice. Explaining how much a billion dollars. So Google that, folks. So that's a good one. Another one, just just to put out there, this is the one that blew my mind. If you out there listening were given $11,000 a day since the inception of the United States 244 (laughs) years ago, $11,000 $11,000 a day for 244,000 or 244 years, you still wouldn't be a billionaire. <laughs> Think about that for a second. 11,000 What would you do with $11,000 a day? What would you do with that much money? Really? I I you don't need that much money. Yeah. <laughs> you just so, don't need and Jeff that Bezos, much money. Jeff Bezos has that, more than that, times 150. Jesus. That's more. So how many dollars a day is that for 244 years? I mean, that's like that's hold on. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing, <the> math. <laughs> doing math. Here, one second. Watch out. Sorry. A hundred. Yeah. So it would be. It would either be eleven thousand dollars a day for thirty six thousand six hundred years. <laughs> that's how much money is. <laughs> or that's how much he's I mean, these numbers are so absurd. It's absurd. We can't even, I don't think we are fully grasping even what I'm saying right now. Right. But you explained, I thought that you said it very well a couple months ago when you said that a billion It's a thousand, yes. It's one thousand million. Yes. Million. 
Who needs a thousand? That's one. That's only one billion. But Jeff Bezos has a hundred and fifty of those. And he's on track to be the first trillionaire. Right. I mean, by twenty twenty six too. It's not too far. I mean, what is he doing with all that money? What What could he possibly be doing? Nothing costs that much. I mean, here. You know what costs that much? What rockets? Space. Sure. Sure. Is he doing space stuff? I mean, I feel like. Yes. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. tell me what he's, he's been doing. I mean, he's working. Well, I think that he's working on uh, rockets. I can't as commercial. Just so you know, I'm trying to type in 150 billion, and my calculator won't let me do it. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> I can't. And it won't give me do that many. Okay, here we go. I had to turn it sideways. <laughs> yeah. I just, just, just my math nerd. So remember I said it would be $11,000 a day for 244 days. You still wouldn't, you, that would be about a billion, but not quite even a billion dollars. If, if Jeff Bezos, if he, if we were going to say, how much did he get paid in that 220, 244 years? Like how much to, to come up with how much he has? That would mean that he every day would have been making Six hundred and fourteen million seven hundred and fifty four thousand and ninety eight dollars a day, a day for two hundred and forty four years to get where he is now. So how much is he really? And I'm having trouble paying my rent this month. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Oh, I, I mean, well, that's so let exactly me redo this because because yes, I had me. a. Th- yeah. Because I had a theory about Jeff Bezos because we're all in on him of like, dude, you're making so much fucking money. What are you doing with it? And he's not pledging to donate half his fortune to anything. So I was like, he must have some secret project. Well, it's not so secret. You literally it just comes up because he is he's founded in, in 20 years ago. He founded Blue Origin with the mission of lowering the costs of and increasing access to space travel. Yeah, but he's investing in rockets to bring people to space so it can be just utilized by his other billionaire, millionaire friends. So I know the thing is like, who? yeah, who's going to go to space? space. Who fucking cares about space right now? Um, The other thing I you wouldn't go to space if you could afford it. I would be happy to send the billionaires to space and we'll stay here. It'd be great. (laughs) They can just go shoot themselves out somewhere else. It's fine. Just go. That's my plan (laughs) for solution. Uh, I just think that there's the biggest problem. No, investing in rockets while, you know, sending people to space while there's like hundreds of millions of people starving to death. I know it's insanity. Oh, by the way, you reminded me, I totally forgotten about this uh, until right now. And I looked it up again. I'm like, oh, right. That's right. Um, The other thing he's decided to spend his money on. I don't know if you've heard about this is the 10,000 year clock. And I was like, well, what's (laughs) that? It's literally a clock. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that has cost uh, up uh, to this point in building it to this point, it's cost $42 million to build. And um, it's a huge mechanical clock that ticks once per year and chimes once per millennium. <laughs> and the he says the point of it. Hold on. He says the point of it is um, it's a way to remind people that the far future not only exists, but will happen to their descendants. So uh, your kids may not eat tomorrow, but there's a clock in the middle of a mountain right now being built that will never chime within your lifetime. <laughs> like, I don't even know. That's how, what he spends his money on. And he can't pay his employees a living wage. Oh, my God. So if y'all didn't hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah. 
for what? For what? A clock that you you probably aren't even allowed to go see. You probably won't even right. ever be allowed to see it. Either because it won't be done by the time whatever, or you probably won't be well, able to afford nice. it. that's nice. But he sleeps well at night because he knows that there's a clock. That will never chime. <laughs> like, what is that about? I was reading that the billionaires in the world own 60% of the, yes. the wealth. The world's wealth. Yes, the world's wealth. And that's more than 4.6 billion people. Yeah. And there's only, what did you, what was the statistic you said? To, how many billionaires exist? There's 2,000, a little over 2,000. And then they own 60% of the world's wealth. That's hard to wrap your brain around. Yeah. I think that, or that they own more wealth than 60% of the world's population. This is where, yeah, I was trying to find. Not that they own 60%. I mean, this is where the numbers, I start to get confused because there's more than 4 million. There's, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. But I think that what they, I think with this number, which is very convoluted, is that, that the, tr- the billionaires own more wealth than 60% of the population. Oh, and that would I be see. 4 billion people. And they still owe more than than that than four billion people. Jesus, yeah. it's like nuts. So here's the thing: we like we started like talked about at the beginning of this is that we in America, you're, we're capital, we're raised capitalist, and we're sort of taught that you know if you work hard too, like all these people work them work their way up from nothing, right? All the, Jeff Bezos, I think, included the Waltons with Walmart. Like they started with as a small little drugstore. Um, you know, Warren Buffett is famously, you know, from good Midwestern stock, you know. And that's true. Those things they really were come they weren't born into the billionaire lifestyle. But because of crazy political moves and cuts to taxes that's how they've gotten to where they're at it's not because they work so much harder than your uncle who makes twenty thousand dollars a year because they're you know amazon's not paying him (laughs) enough you know what i mean like this is where i think it this is an important thing to talk about this idea that like that it's the american dream to become a billionaire and that that if you have a lot of money and you build your wealth up, that can only help the United States. It only helps the economy. If uh, if the Amer- you know, if if Amazon makes more money, it helps the economy. Well, it looks like that on paper, right? Because wealth is growing or whatever. So during the pandemic, Amazon's made a shit ton of money, but it's not because it's not helping anybody else, right? No, Jeff Bezos you know is saying? sitting back while everybody else is working their ass off making him money absolutely and that and we're using him as an example because this is also there's a lot of other companies like the starbucks founder and all those people the ceo all these people Apple. there's a ton of people that <laughs> yes 100 sure. facebook um yes but like uh microsoft bill gates is number two and he's mm-hmm. pretty like quote unquote one of the good guys and yet you know here we are um the other thing about jeff bezos that i just want to throw out there no, a couple more numbers i looked up i was like how many employees does amazon have so he, he employs seven hundred and fifty thousand people and um through amazon only so he probably employs people in other places too we know that amazon employees get paid not enough and they don't get treated well they don't have all of the benefits that they should have during the pandemic if he had just decided, I'm going to give each employee $10,000, that would have been $7.5 billion that he would have been donating. That still doesn't even scratch the surface of how much he has. So I just want to throw out there that like one of the ways that these billionaires get rich is by 
not paying people properly. <laughs> you know what I mean? By not doing the right thing. And they don't have to. There's no law. They're not breaking the law. Mm-hmm. The laws are built up in a way that protect them, you know? Right. And that's one of the things about how we live. We don't live in... um a democracy anymore. I don't know if you you guys I'm sure have heard this before. We live in an oligarchy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And an oligarchy, I was like, well, what's the actual definition of an oligarchy? And this is exactly what we live in. It's exactly what we live in. It's um, an oligarchy is a small group of people having control of a country, organization, or institution. Now, if you're like, what do you mean that they, you know, h- how are we in an oligarchy? Think about how our voting system works, how our political system works. Who gets the who gets the benefit? So when like some some law is trying to get passed to like let's say tax raise taxes, some rich guy steps up and says like I'm going to donate a billion dollars to or like pay off some political guy to like sign that to say no no we're not going to sign that bill into existence so that so once you're in the billionaires club you run everything you Mm -hmm. own everything right well i watched a cool video your guy that you've introduced me to robert reich Mm -hmm. i watched a video of um should we abolish billionaires because that does sound like a very radical idea especially since we've been you know forced to believe that you can make yourself out of nothing and that is what makes america great um, and he says that there's four things that contribute to making billionaires. And the first one is to exploit a monopoly. So obviously, mm-hmm. if we're talking about Amazon again, I mean, and they were just, you know, in front of Congress uh, because they're being yeah. scrutinized for, obviously, they're running monopoly- monopolies, all these tech guys. But yeah. especially with Amazon, which I'm learning, is that like, if you want to sell with Amazon... They even charge you. Then they, if you you can't then sell to any other places. If you're a small business, say you have a book that you want to sell, obviously you want it on Amazon Marketplace, but then they charge the small business owner to sell their book a percentage, but then then they like block you from selling any other place. So it really doesn't help this, the person on the bottom at all. It just helps no. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> And my dad actually was he he writes like textbooks for um uh, like project management stuff. And uh, he was selling books all the time in a normal book selling kind of way. And then once Amazon came in, uh, his publishers, they like got kind of strong armed to selling through Amazon and he doesn't make any money from books now. So if you're a, if you're even an author or an artist and you're trying to sell, I mean, we've had that experience with our CDs. Like yes. somehow they end up on Amazon and they sell for like a dollar. And we're like, bitch, no, who, they do what? not. No, they don't sell for a dollar. They they sell them for like fifteen dollars and ninety nine cents. They they mark up the the price that we've seen. They've we've had and then both, we've, which is really weird. Well, too. I just I don't recently saw somebody. It, our one of our albums was on Amazon for like fifteen ninety nine, which we do not sell our album for that much. Yeah, so do we not would buy be them getting, on Amazon. Yeah, don't. But so then we would get what ten percent of that or something crazy. Yeah, something crazy. So anyway, so back to Robert. <laughs> so he says, um, you make a billionaire exploiting a monopoly. Then you get insider trading information because o- other billionaires know all, right. the, all the ways to get around all the things. So they're just propping each other. I was going to say, even if they do it legally, to like even if it wasn't insider, which is also, it's illegal to do insider trading. There's another level too of just like, 
you're around the best money people. So you learn all the money tricks. Right. So like if you're just a regular person, you wouldn't even know how to invest. Mm-hmm. And that's how they like it. They don't want you to know. Okay, sorry. Right. Continue. Um, then the third one is paying off politicians. Mm-hmm. And then yep. especially since Trump has been in office in 2017 and 2018, guess who didn't pay any taxes? Amazon. Because of the t- Trump tax break. And actually, Amazon got like $138 million from the government. They paid right. Amazon. Right. Which is just... So anyway, that's paying off politicians and understanding, you know, you got friends in high places, they will, you know, you you scratch their back, they'll scratch yours. And then the fourth mm-hmm. is, um, oh, this is the statistic, 60% of all the wealth in America today is inherited. At this point, yeah. So then, and part of the problem with that is that then it used to be, we used to live in a world where um, in like, for example, here's another statistic. Children in, in 1940, children that had been born in 1940 had a 90% chance of doing better than their parents did. Whereas children born in 1980s had just a 50% chance of the same. And that number's only gone down since then. Wow. Because that kind of wealth hoarding and not mm-hmm. paying taxes mm-hmm. and not redistributing that money back into society makes people, it makes the community static. You cannot, right. there's no room for growth. So this whole American dream nonsense, it does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, also, we hear a lot of trickle-down economy. So right. the wealth will then just trickle down. But there's so many studies that that is simply not the case. These billionaires then move their money to, you know, Swedish banks and places that they do not, they can avoid paying any kinds of taxes. Right. And also, if you don't pay tax, if you're not being charged tax either, you know what I mean? Right. So it's one thing to like hide your money. But if the government also doesn't even charge you a tax, then we're really in like the shitter. You know what I mean? Right. Um, there was an interesting thing that happened. You know, um, sor- no, wait, what is that? What is that thing called when like all the billionaires get together and talk? It's like a TED talk, but for billionaires. Oh, Ver- so- sor- sorcery. No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know. you know, the Illuminati. Uh, no, but there's like some, I can't think, da- Davos or something. It's like a big group oh, where they all cut right. together and they talk shop. And um, there was somebody asked the question of like, well, what do you think about like Elizabeth? So Elizabeth Warren has had this plan about taxing once you were over $50 million that you start getting taxed at a different rate because why the fuck not, you know? And of course, rich people are like terrified. And I I used to work at a restaurant before the pandemic that was like very, very, very high, high, the one of the best restaurants in the city. So of course, everybody that comes in are like the one percenters and they would be talking about this stuff in front of us as if we weren't really there, which is a whole other thing. And they would talk when Elizabeth Warren was a real contender. That was the number one person that they were afraid of because they and they these people are pretty socially liberal, some of them. And they were like, we'll definitely vote for Trump over Warren because we do not want to be taxed. Mm. And it's like, guys, you got to pay your fair share on this crap. You know what I mean? As you're shoving lobster tails into your mouth. Like, <laughs> come on, you know. So anyway, somebody asked at one of these like Davos, Devo, whatever, the, the TED Talk, billionaire TED Talk, asked a question like, well, what do you think about this, you know, Elizabeth Warren's tax plan? And apparently the room erupted in laughter. Oh, just so insulting. And this one guy, I think it was the Starbucks guy, said no time in, in no time in history has taxing rich people ever helped make uh, the society stronger in no country. Show me a country in which taxing the rich like that actually 
makes the country stronger. And another billionaire stepped up and said, uh, America. <laughs> in fact, in America, what he didn't realize when he was saying that was that in America, uh, from the from 1932 to 1981, the top tax rate in this country never fell below 63 percent, and it rose as high as 92 percent. And if you think about that time period, 1932 after like the depression, uh, up through 1981, that is the American dream time. That is the time where there was growth. That's when you could have a chance of doing better than your parents did. Do you know what I mean? And in 1981, that that date should be significant because that's when Ronald Reagan was elected or got into office. And he's the master of this trickle down economics. He did. He just cut taxes like crazy. He cut them down from 70 percent to 28 percent. And then that's when all of our problems started in terms of the societal fabrics and like the the wealth inequality. That's the beginning of it. So this idea of people trying to hold on to this idea of trickle down economics, it's not trickling anywhere. We've proven it, like you just said. And even they've done studies. But even if you just look at the facts, just look at the world around you. There's this article that I read called in The Atlantic called Cancel Billionaires. And they were talking about how so an obvious issue is the income inequality. Right. And we were kind of already touching on this, but like that, that, you know, well, it's not fair or like, oh, well, now this, the rich get richer and the poor get poor. But they were making an ar argument that actually there's a bigger problem at hand than just wealth inequality. It's that when you start to have these billionaires growing their wealth and then there is this inequality that um it really disrupts the social fabric of our lives and in the sense that it you know like i said before you can't you don't do better than your parents did you know what i mean so there's no mobility in that sort of sense there's also uh you lose innovation because people that come up with these great ideas sometimes they don't come from billionaires children you know, a lot of really smart, innovative people might not have resources at their disposal the same way. So if we don't if we're not giving people opportunities, we stifle ourselves as a country and in, in innovative development. We are that's what we pride ourselves on, too, is innovation, but not we're losing all of that. Um, and we also become less and less and less and less of a democracy because the peop the majority of the voices don't get heard because the people that are making all the calls at the end of the day and pulling all the strings are the rich people. And then there's more and more um, of a disruption between what the people want and then what's actually happening. And then there's a higher chance of revolution, which is disruptive, uh, you know, politically disruptive. So it's not in any it's not in anyone's best interest, including the billionaires, for us to have billionaires. So I read this incredible article. It was written six years ago, which is amazing that it still holds true right now. But it's called The Pitchforks Are Coming for Us Plutocrats. And it's, Yes, I remember reading you, that. Yeah. So I think that he also did a TED Talk on it as well. But his name is Nick Hanar. Nick Hanar. Hanar. I don't know. He's, a, he's a millionaire. Nick Hanner. Hanner. Nick Hanner. By Nick Hanner. You know him. You know, your buddy. But So he invested. He was buddies with Jeff Bezos in Seattle. 25 years ago and he just was in the right place at the right time and invested in Amazon. So this man has made his wealth thanks to Amazon. And he wrote this article simply about the pitchforks are going to be coming for the wealthy because of this incessant like wealth gap that's that's and then he wrote this in 2014 so just imagine how mm -hmm. he feels right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. But he's talking about how it is inevitable at the rate we are going that a revolution will happen. So then I started looking again at the French Revolution and what happened there. And it was because the royals, you know, the um, there was like such a class system that the poor were just getting so, so poor and poor in the sense of that they had no food. They were starving. And then the but the rich were getting richer and not having to pay taxes. Yeah. Well, it's just it's interesting what you say about the food, because like that's one place that we're in right now is people do not have food. The food banks are just uh, just totally overwhelmed with people because people that never had to go to food banks ever in their lives are now having to line up and get cans of stuff for their families. And that's like kind of like middle class people, like regular kind of like lower middle class people. So, you know, it's just going to go worse from there, especially now that that six hundred dollars is not coming through anymore for unemployment or whatever that, you know, there's not a lot of uh, support coming from, you know, the the government so we're i mean we're definitely on the verge of right and he said that there's gonna economic collapse there's not gonna be a middle class anymore so and that's what happened during before and we pre- don't really yeah it's just we gonna barely be, have one as it is right right but it is amazing to think that this is inevitable yeah and it doesn't have the thing is it doesn't have to be and we, we the the we don't have a lot of control over it because, you know, they're they, the politically now these rich guys are kind of running the show because, again, we're not in a democracy anymore. This is not a democratic world we're living in. We You see it every day with, you know, trying to control for various reasons, trying to control like the gerrymandering of voting and uh, making it so that, you know, if you have a, you know, some fines on you, then you shouldn't be allowed to vote. All this crazy nonsense like that. That is just and all of those things that, by the way, that the GOP is doing to try to prevent people from voting and stuff. A number one of the biggest reasons why is so that they can keep money in their pockets and keep you from voting so that they can get their agendas passed. So that's just an important it's all connected. So these these billionaire sort of situations are very connected to all the other horrible things that are happening in this country. Well, you know who is really fighting the good fight against the billionaires is Miss Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes. And. I watched a she did a full talk here in New York. I think it was just this year. And she was talking about billionaires. And she said that billionaires do not make billionaires take. And Mm. she she really was talking about how we are a democracy. We are. I mean, it doesn't look like one at times. I mean, we're supposed to be supposed to. We're supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. But she was really pointing the audience and be like, it is up to you are the people like you. We, you know. According to our forefathers, we are the people and we should be calling the shots, but we're not able to because it's the these rich motherfuckers that are calling all the shots and we have no say all of a sudden. But she said, and I thought this was great, is she need, we need to start to start incentivizing investments in actual people and that maybe this idea of idealizing this outcome of maybe one day you too can be a billionaire and own more than millions of other families combined is not an aspirational or good thing. Yeah. Like just that 100%. concept of, you know, don't raise your children to believe like being a billionaire is actually a good thing. Because really what it means is that you're 
hoarding wealth Mm -hmm. and you're not contributing to society fully. That's really what it means when you become a billionaire. And I don't think it's something to celebrate Mm -hmm. by any means. So I I like that. she's Also, her team was sort of famously coined this concept that every time you see a billionaire, that's a failed policy in the government. Yes. So that, yeah, so that that means that we've done something wrong. Or or the, or the government sent something wrong every time you see someone with a billion dollars or another billion dollars is made mm-hmm. for an individual. And I think that that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, I was having this conversation last night with some friends, social distancing in a backyard, and these guys were getting so upset of what I was saying about how being a billionaire is actually a bad thing. And I don't know if it was just because they're men and they're taught that, you know, they can be billionaires, they can do whatever they want. It's America's, you know, be be American. It's the dream. But they were getting very like, that's so socialist of you to say. And well, I mean, one of the things too that like, that's an argument that they try to make all the time. They say it's unpatriotic yes. to try to limit somebody's we live in we're capitalists and if you try to it's limit someone's market. income, yeah. it's a free market. You're that's unpatriotic. The thing is, we're at a position now. Is it patriotic Mm -hmm. to be living in a world where the, you know, the food bank lines are around the corner? Is that patriotic? Mm -hmm. Is it patriotic to crush other people so that uh, one guy can make $150 billion? Like, that's not patriotic. That's not all men are created equal anymore. Right. You know, and I am not I've been like grappling so much personally. I'm really like trying to decide how I feel about this because I'm not a communist. I do not think everyone should have the same. I don't think that that's works. Mm -hmm. I don't think it works. I don't. And even with socialism, there's like a limit to how much I think socialism should be partake involved in our in our society. I will say we need to correct desperately so some socialist measures need to be put into place to try to correct where we've been going that i'm certainly for that for example universal health care things like that like i'm very pro those things but i looked up also i'm like what is capitalism and the idea is capitalism is that you have a free market right but also that a private entity can run something right and the government doesn't like interfere with that thing You know, when I'm talking about a bodega or something like fine, like that's not a big deal. But when we're talking about like then these monopolies or these giant corporations, there's got to be there has to be regulation. You just have to regulate it if you want if you want capitalism to really work and not end up in this sort of place that we are now, which is revolution, Mm -hmm. then there has to be then regulation and you have to tax people. And I think that what I was going to say earlier was that like that's the one of the solutions to this problem is doing a tax on the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Right. You know, you're still wealthy. I, I'm not, I don't believe that like there shouldn't be anybody with any wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's that would be more communist to be like, no, everyone should have the same. I don't think that's true. You know, some people do work really hard and they want to work hard. And that's how they want to choose to spend their life and they want to work hard and make have something to show for it but we're now we're living in a world where people are working so hard and they have nothing to show for it well yeah and it goes back to what people are making as a living wage or say or the politicians are saying as a living wage but actually it's almost like slave labor oh it's we are so yeah we are so close to like certainly if not slave labor what is that other thing that where you're like indentured servitude, yeah, right? Where like right. because that's what that's what you know credit card bills are. That's what um you know college 
bills are is indentured servitude the loans all those loans you are indebted to those companies for the rest of your life right and so you will work your ass off for nothing but that's why aoc is really pushing 15 dollars an hour for minimum wage what a concept Uh, honestly i think minimum wage should be like 30 dollars i know (laughs) i do I, i really don't think that that's crazy because if we really start taxing people properly and making these com- these big companies. I think if your company makes over a certain amount of money, then you have to pay- start paying your employees $30 an hour. Right. I don't care what the job is. People right. love to say, oh, well, re- you know, waitresses aren't worth $30 an hour. Who, who the fuck? Do you, mm. They work harder than your average CEO. <laughs> what the right. fuck is that guy doing? I've right. seen they, I, I've seen how they, they get to vacation. Waitresses don't get to vacation. Right. So, I mean, this is our, our like whole, but again, I think that like it, this, this kind of stuff drives people toward communism. It drives people mm-hmm. toward socialism. But I think there's actually like something a little bit more in between, but it, the, what, either it begins with going full communist <laughs> or, <laughs> or we have to at least just start taxing people and then redistributing the wealth and defunding the police and doing all that. You know what I mean? It's all (laughs) connected because it's like we have to put money back into this this community and out of the hands of like just randos that are kind of just randos. I mean, they were innovators at one point in time. They they made a cool innovation that really helped society for a second. And then it got out of control and then it wasn't regulated and then they didn't pay tax on it. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Well, how come I paid taxes this year, but Jeff Bezos didn't? Right. This, I don't make money. <laughs> I don't make any money. And I chose, I mean, I definitely chose some things in my life, but even so, what choice did I really have? You know what right. I mean? Like, and, and I have a lot of choice compared to a lot of people in this country. I think Jeff Bezos did pay taxes. I'm sure he paid something, but I mean, Amazon didn't pay tax on there. You know what I mean? Right. Those two years. Yeah. I was interested on how much he paid and there's, I did find tw- he paid 23%. But an average American pays something like 34. 30. Yeah. yeah. It's about more. 30. It's way more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's like you can be like, well, that's so much. 23% is so much money. I'm like, yeah, but you got to where you got because you weren't paying your fair share the whole time. And you haven't been paying your pl- employees the fair time. And you're getting all these like breaks that are not right. fair. They're just not fair. And they're legal, but they're not fair. Right. Well, back to Mackenzie Bezos, but now she's Mackenzie Scott. This week, she donated $1.7 billion to 116 different organizations that are taking a stance on a variety of social issues. But, okay, so Wednesday of this week, she donated $1.7 billion to all these organizations. By Friday, she made that money back because yeah. of the stock in Amazon. Yeah, because the stock, yeah. So, so it doesn't, ma- they don't, it, it doesn't, doesn't even affect her. <laughs> The other thing, too, I think is really important because I think I get hung up, too, on like Jeff Bezos should be donating more and people should be donating more. The problem with that and 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 billionaires themselves love to make the argument like stop, don't tax us. Just let us make donations like let us be like benevolent, whatever. The problem with that is that then, number one fundamental things to keep us living like universal health care never get funded then. Because who's going to donate to that? Nobody's donating. I don't see anybody donating to universal health care. So um, and then also you're at the mercy of where Jeff Bezos feels like he wants to donate his money that year. 
So like if Jeff Bezos decides, you know what I really want to donate all my money to? And this, we see this all the time, not just Bezos, but with like Walmart, for example, if they say we're going to donate all of our money to um, to pro-choice or anti-abortion uh, leagues, then mm. they are free to, to donate as much um, to the NRA. People donate so much money to the NRA. Is that helping our society? So we're going to just like put the our futures in the hands of at the whim of whatever some billionaire wants. That's not democracy. Democracy is that the majority has a voice. Right. And if and that's not what we're living right now at all, mm-hmm. because the majority does not have a voice. There was a, a statistic that 70 percent there was just a poll recently that said 70 percent of Americans, including Republicans, are in favor of higher taxes for people that make over 10 million dollars. 70 percent. There's nothing. Nobody is 70 percent. We don't do 70 percent on yeah. anything. We don't agree that we much on anything much. in this country. Right. And 70 percent of Americans say, yeah, tax the people with 10 million dollars more. Is that happening? So is that a democracy? It's not right. So that's not a democracy. Welcome to late 18th century France. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody get your pitchforks and fire things. But fire, fire sticks. sticks. <laughs> <laughs> We can order them all from Amazon and they'll be here tomorrow. Oh, good. Oh, my God. Amazing. I think this is a worthy conversation. I mean, especially nowadays. I mean, during the pandemic, these motherfuckers, America's billionaires, saw their wealth increase by $434 billion during the course since March. Since March. And then now there's 38 million people unemployed. So, I mean, I think the pandemic has definitely ze- we've been able to zero in and see this wealth gap. And also, but um, I, I, and look, I, I people sometimes get mad at me for doing this, but I think I do it so that I can really make it clear to the people that don't want to hear this. But it's in your best interest, rich people, <laughs> to also push for fair taxes, because at the end of the day, it will be your head on the stake. You know what I mean? It will be your, you know, it'll be your country that is, you know, and you can go off and try to live in the Bahamas, but we will find you. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> we will find you or you'll be living in exile. And is that exactly what you want either? I mean, I think that there's just it doesn't serve anybody at the end of the day. Right. You know, and we and we know that Americans, uh, the American, especially the American wealthy and their political system is very short sighted. People make choices based on immediate, you know. Mm-hmm. returns as opposed to t- stopping for one minute and looking at the big picture mm-hmm. so anyway <laughs> oh wow i'm gonna google that jeff bezos clock that's fascinating to me yeah. <laughs> i didn't know that that existed <laughs> i just found out about it and then you reminded me i'm glad i remembered oh god it's dumb but i mean that's what happens when you have too much money you're like i guess i'll make a clock inside of a mountain right that's why we need more <laughs> regulations baby yeah just a little bit of you know they're so anti-regulation but why and that's why aoc was called a fucking bitch by right you you who yahoo you yahoo yeah yahoo because she was talking about the poverty because people are poor in Amer- in new york that's why they they were there was like an uprising. It's starting. The revolution is starting. And then the rich guy, the rich Republican calls her a fucking bitch. Why? Because she said that people are poor and scared. they're unhappy. Yeah, they're scared. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But there's really out of touch. I mean, again, working at that restaurant, one of my favorite things that was not my favorite thing was just that like they they would have these like 
small, small, small business meetings, emergency meetings where they were like, okay, we're talking about sensitive stuff and we're joining today with just the six of us in this room to like share these ideas and no one is allowed to hear these things because there's only six of us in this room and I'm staying there like, bitch, there's like 20 of us in this room and we can hear you. (laughs) Like, you think I can't hear you? But that's how out of touch these rich people are. They don't see other people as humans. They really don't. They did not see me as a person. They didn't think I could hear or understand what they were saying. I'm like, no, I hear you. Right. Yeah. Or that I can that I literally have ears. (laughs) Like, it's so insane. So anyway, these people are very out of touch. And there was another thing that. I guess uh, when they had the government shutdown thing happen, there was some very rich Republican guy that was like shocked to find out that other federal employees like post office workers and stuff were getting uh, were having to go to food banks to feed their families. He was like, why? Like, why don't they just took out like a small loan? (laughs) It's like, are you insane? Like, because the world doesn't work like that for everybody. Right. But that's that's bad for them because they're going to have a rude awakening. Anyway, sorry, I'm just going off. But <laughs> No, no, it's it's infuriating. I mean, it's especially infuriating <sighs> this week because of the the uh, pandemic unemployment that PUA is ending the six hundred dollar federal and they didn't pass anything before. Well, they, but this is where yeah. the this is where they're going to see like they don't get it. They're not, they don't know yet how yeah. bad this is going right. to get. The economy is just going to fucking it's going to drop out. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Oh, anyway, but if Robert, you, mm-hmm. I was gonna say Robert Reich. One of the things that he loves to say is that the stock market is not the economy. Yes. So Trump yes. says the economy is doing great because the stock market's going up. That the stock market is not no. the economy. No, not at all. Well, this was fun. Wow, just just I'm gonna have a heart attack, but it's great. <laughs> just, <laughs> so much anger. It's fine. But anyway, everybody vote, you know, and everyone's going to try to keep you from voting this year. And you got to just do everything you can to get that vote to count, because this is the year that matters more than ever. And they're going to really do everything they can to stop you. Yes. And it was National Vote by Mail Day on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I can't remember. But I wasn't worried about voting by mail until now the president is fucking with the the post office. Right. Now I'm worried. But it's not because there's anything wrong with voting by mail. It's just that he tampers with the mail he's gonna tamper with the mail well i guess you just go to vote.org or you can go to vote save america and and fill it out because now you need to definitely if you're gonna vote by mail fill out that stuff right now just to ensure that you get yourself a nice little ballot so you can vote cheeto in chief out of office thank you and they're warning by the way that you should send those in early so don't vote like the day before or something you have to send it because it's they're you saying it might take days. up to 14 yeah. days that's that's the democracy we're living in folks that our mail now takes 14 days <sighs> uh, you know keep up email. fighting the good fight <laughs> yeah let us know what you think difficult women pod cast difficult women podcast at gmail.com is that it who knows yep something like that <laughs> send it to that and something else yeah all right. Well, take care. <laughs> yeah. Get your pitchforks ready. Um or yeah. or just vote. You know, get your vote vo- your voting fingers wor- warmed up. Yes, get it. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>
dim. Others blame their stink on friends. Some just sneak away to unload. But one way or another, brother, a girl has got to drop that mother. Cause Lord knows if she didn't, she'd explode. Girls poop too. We hate to break the news to you. But that in there ain't no chocolate fondue. Girls poop too. Don't go number 